Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to another edition of The Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network, episode number 73. It is Friday, January the 29th. The event we'll be covering today is the 2021 Challenge of the Americas opener in Phoenix, Arizona. This week's show presented by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the United States, OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. All right, folks, my name is Rob Howden, joined as always by David Cole, another edition of our Debrief podcast in which we do a kind of a, an audio race report of the event we were just at. Now, David, I say we were just at. Uh, it, was, it was actually four days ago, uh, five days ago, when we wrapped things up at uh, the PKRA facility in Phoenix for the opening round of the Challenge of the Americas. But we're recording this on Friday because uh, I got waylaid and had to spend three days hanging out in Denver. Uh, <laughs> Way, I like that word, waylaid. Oh, man, it is brutal. For those of you, uh, what here's what happened. Uh, for me to come back to Canada, I had to get a negative COVID test uh, to be able to come back 72 hours before my trip back. Uh, I got the test done on Friday, negative, awesome. Uh, but the nurse put on 11.03 for the time, not 11.30. My flight was at 11.25 out of Denver to Canada. So I was 22 minutes past the 72-hour maximum from the test, uh, and they turned me back. They wouldn't let me get on the plane. So I spent three days in Denver, got another negative test, and flew home on on Thursday. Did It was the weirdest thing, but uh, I'm I'm back in the home office at least. Well, we can relate it to like being underweight. You know, if you're one pound underweight, you still don't make it. So that's right. The the airport people are doing their job. It's what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I was pissed um, off. You, you probably way. could have went for a later test. It probably would have made things a lot easier. What? But uh, well, remember, I, but I was announcing the whole weekend, so I could. And I, they're like, they're really, literally, the test places are normally open from like nine to whatever. Like they got to get yeah. your tests sent away. It, it, first time I did it, didn't work perfectly. I ended up spending three days working my ass off in a hotel in Arizona. I mean, in uh, in in in, uh, in Denver. So. Hey, it is yeah, what it is. It's that's one Friday. way to look. That's one way to look at it. It was a rookie move. It was a rookie, it was you know, rookie it, move. Yeah. It happens now, but now, you know, now obviously they're going to continue with that uh, um, testing procedure uh, moving forward as, as we kept reading on, uh, you know, I think what was it Tuesday when they're implementing it now to even yeah. come into the United States. So, yep. so next time you come in the United States, you know, Hey, I got to make sure I get plenty of time and, uh, and get the, get the right, uh, procedure in place but again it's it's tough because even even getting the tests and getting the results on time was was a bit of a struggle too and luckily we were able to get at least yeah. the initial results on time because that well, was I remember, I remember, yeah, i'm literally calling the nurse and texting the nurse again and saying i haven't got it yet she's like well, you should already have the test by now i'm like i haven't got it and thankfully for her she actually called and found out where it was and and to get the results emailed to me because it wasn't coming through it was a bit of a mess but uh hey you know what Negative, negative. I keep being negative, which is good. Now I'm on my two-week quarantine back in Canada. Good thing I work uh, at home. So for the next two weeks, I'll be here, not leaving the house, and uh, 
and getting a lot of work done. So, hey, listen, let's let's jump into this thing right now. Again, this edition of the debrief brought to you by OTK USA. David talking about the event, as we said, that was held on January 22nd to the 24th. Kickoff of the 2021 Challenge of the Americas, the opening two rounds of a six round championship. Uh, we are up in Glendale, Arizona. Always fun to be there in Phoenix. Great racetrack. And and David, honestly, out of the gates, you know, when we're traveling there, we looked at the uh, the weather forecast and man, every day seemed to have, you know, a rising percentage of a possibility of rain. Friday was perfect. To be honest, we like it was an absolutely perfect day on Friday. It it was the perfect way to uh, to welcome me back to the warm weather. Uh, obviously, you had spent time in, in in Southern California, so you were used to the weather and used to the conditions. But going from the uh, the snow area of Michigan to uh, to Phoenix, it wasn't quite what we've had in the past, where it's been like eighty degrees. But it was it was a comfortable, you know, sixty near seventy degree weather day. It's not uh, sun- wearing shorts, did it? No, I wore shorts all weekend long, but that's beside the point. It's just, you know, it was nice to get uh, a good solid day of of great weather. You know, just being at the racetrack on Friday is, you always want perfect weather for for a practice day like that. And then Saturday, it, man, I I was sure it was going to rain. It just felt like it was going to rain at one point. Like it was sunny at the start, but then it kind of like, you know, and then the clouds started getting dark on the horizon. We didn't get any rain on Saturday. It did rain on Sunday night. Uh, so when we got to the racetrack in the morning, all the all the warmups were in, in wet weather, and actually actually was kind of wet the very start of qualifying as well. Middle of qualifying, guys went from the wets to the dries. You know, some guys were on the dries. Then we had some rain again coming coming in the, in the main events, and then it, then it essentially didn't really dry out at, at the very end. But it was Sunday was interesting with a bit of bit of precipitation, but otherwise, I just thought it was a all in all better weather than I expected based on the forecast we saw going in. Yeah, based on the forecast, it was a pretty good weekend because as we, you know, we've seen with the 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 actual times we do get rain in Phoenix, it doesn't really last long or, yeah. you know, winds, winds, winds stay around longer and are much more stronger <laughs> as we've seen in the past in, at Phoenix. So luck, luckily, <laughs> you know, it was a quick shower came down, you know, we, uh, we were able to kind of. Uh, go back outside because it stopped raining in the in the five minutes that it did rain. So yeah, but uh, it it gave a threw a little curveball to uh, for those remaining classes on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, as we always do in our in our debriefs here, we'll take a little look here at, at the by the numbers, uh, David. I think uh, you know the numbers here. I preach all the time. Anytime you have a program, ten percent growth, right? Because it's a sustainable growth. Uh, you're able to continue moving forward. Uh, this is this was a pretty good jump up. Of course, you know Andy Saisman and FTK Promotions making the move to the Rock program a couple of years ago. The program is beginning stronger and stronger. And even with the, within the COVID program, where you know all the Canadians essentially locked out, not able to come down and be part of the program this year. Um, 107 entries last year to kick off the season at Coda uh, at the Tucson event. They launched in, in, at Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson last year. Uh, here in Phoenix, Dave, a bump up to 130 entries. So 23 more entries. So over a 20% growth from 2020 to 2021. And I think Andy Saisman and everybody were happy with the way things shook down. Yeah, overall, it's it's great numbers. Uh, just short of what was the record set last year. Uh, our, according to our calculations, 138 uh, at Cal Speed in February. So moving forward, you know, it's looking really well for for the entire 
three event program to be almost out of record number for the opener. So essentially, this was a record number for a series opener at the Challenging Americas with 130 total entries. And again, you know, it, it as, yeah. as we say, it, con- the continued growth is, is what's helping it. Indeed. And if you look at the actual class structures itself, the different, the different class numbers, it was interesting because there's ups and downs. Uh, you know, micro doubled from three to six, mini rock uh, from four from last year up to 15. So a really good jump in the drivers in the mini rock category. Then we saw a drop off in the junior rock and the senior rock. And during our Friday happy hour show at the track, I had Andy Sazem up there. We just talked about kind of the ebbs and flows and how, the 125cc tag liquid cool classes on the west coast are strong east coast are really strong still on the west coast so many people have made a move to the 100cc air cooled right so uh down, you know down from 16 to 6 in junior rock 9 to 5 in the senior rock category but then david big bump ups in both 100cc senior 100cc junior at six, uh, 31 drivers plus 16, double the amount of 100cc senior drivers at the challenge this year. And even more than that, what, triple the amount of juniors. We only had 400cc juniors last year, and there were 13 to start the season this year. So West Coast seems to be just jumping on that, uh, really jumping on the 100cc air-cooled categories. Yeah, that was going to be my next point is is that's part of the growth of the program is the introduction of the 100cc categories over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, when you look at it, the total numbers, I mean, 52 drivers were competing in those three categories. So that alone is helping to set the help, helping to uh, extend the uh, the mark of the total number of entries for the program. So that's that's where a lot of the focus is. And as you said, it's it's really a focus for a lot of the West Coast drivers to be racing in those categories rather than, as you said, in the junior rock or senior rock. Indeed, yeah. So, so good numbers, as we said, folks. In the by the numbers, it was a big positive. 130 drivers in total to kick off the 2021 Challenge of the Americas. And as David said, as they head on to the next event at Cal Speed, then up to Sonoma for the finale, numbers are going to continue to grow. And uh, and really, just seeing the baseline get super strong uh, as the challenge continues to lock down. So, folks, we're underway. Uh, episode 73 of the EKN Debrief. This one brought to you by OTK USA. Let's head to our first commercial break. When we come back, we'll jump into the Paddock Pass. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Most recently, Leading Edge Motorsports and Greg Bell helped guide Danny Formel to victory at both the Rock the Rio and the Supercarts USA Super Nationals 23. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer for IP karting, which includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports is already looking forward to the 2021 season, which begins with the Challenge of the Americas, the premier winter series on the West Coast under the Rock Cup USA banner. Leading Edge Motorsports is also eyeing the Florida Winter Tour and several other programs. Arrive and Drive services to kart preparation and driver coaching are all available under the LEM tent throughout 2021. Greg Bell has been building racing engines for over 20 years, and he's excited with the continuing growth of his new Mega Power race motor building program. It doesn't matter what color your chassis is, choose Mega Power to get to the front. For more information, click over to leadingedgemotorsports.com and find them on Facebook. 
At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode 73 of the EKN Debrief. Myself, Rob Howd, and David Cole breaking down the opening round of the Challenge of the Americas at the PKRA facility up in Phoenix. Uh, this edition now up into the Paddock Pass. We'll talk about uh, some of the stuff that happened uh, away from the racetrack. And of course, this Paddock Pass on this edition brought to you by Cart Republic. The Cart Republic is here and it just keeps on winning. Kartsport North America is the country's importer and distributor for the Kart Republic chassis. And as a leader in American karting, they're focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service for the community. The Kart Republic senior and junior chassis are on fire, and so is the Mini Kart, which has won in SCUSA, USPKS, and WKA competition. For more information, contact Kartsport North America, where they offer top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. All right, David, let's have a look at the paddock pass right now. I think first and foremost, and this was a, kind of an announcement that came out before the season started, uh, Royce and Baxter uh, coming on as the presenting sponsor of this year's Challenge of the Americas. Yeah, it's a it's great to see a company outside of the sport uh, supporting a karting organization and series. So uh, Royce and Baxter is uh, is obviously part of, of the karting community with uh, – Michael Gesh as the uh, the president of the company, and he's a racer and Carter himself, so uh, that kind of helps with the with the correlation between the two. But uh, you know, it's a perfect kind of time for for the company to uh, support the series with uh, with obviously the COVID nineteen pandemic and their focus on uh, on on hand sanitizer. So uh, a lot of product was there on hand for uh, for all the competitors there that were uh, competing in Phoenix this weekend, and I'm sure we'll see it again at Cal Speed. Uh, next month. Yeah, Michael Gouache has been around the uh, the sport for a long time, both uh, as a, as a, as a car, race car driver and, of course, in karting as well. Uh, and Royce and Baxter, great, come on and, and right in with the with the you know the COVID program with the, with everybody getting some hand sanitizer. Uh, in keeping with the COVID nineteen theme, because we have to talk about that once again for this particular race, uh, David. Limited paddock entry for all the competitors. Yeah, that was one thing that uh, Andy Stazman of FTK Promotions set out uh, before the event began, and as registration opened up, that it was going to be limited to uh, to um, 
one mechanic and one parent uh, throughout the paddock, and it seemed to uh, to be held that way. Um, you know, they had they do have, I think, the non pit pass area where people were uh, were out and and about. Um, you know, outside the actual area, so they yeah. you know they could still be there, be part of the uh, uh, event. Uh, but again, you know, masks were were mandatory in the uh, in the large gathering areas, of of course, in tech and on uh, on the grid during drivers' meetings and uh, during the podiums. So uh, you know, they they continue to uh, you know try and follow the the, the guidelines that are set out uh, in in the pandemic that we're in. And, uh, you know, for the most part, most people followed it, especially in the podium. Everybody was made sure they they had their mask on for the podium and and the driver's meeting. But, uh, you know, again, everybody was different in their own tents. Some tents, you know, had had masks, some tents didn't. So that's that's still, you know, it's still the kind of their own little bubbles. But, uh, you know, for the most part, when you're outside the bubble, everybody kind of followed through with the uh, with the mask uh, procedure. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. I, I thought that uh, everybody was pretty diligent with that, which which I think was great. Uh, I'm going to lump the next couple together because it's, it, we can t- kind of kind of bring them together. Uh, Rock Cup USA's Garrett Potter was in attendance at the event, and, and one of the things that he was able to provide was with that weather coming in, and not surprising that uh, teams didn't have the, the tires they needed. Uh, Andy Sazeman had to do some scrambling for sure, getting some tires, some rain tires brought in from California. I think he got some rain tires. Uh, Garrett helped him get some rain tires coming down from Utah. They had some tires from California for everybody to have rain tires because we needed enough tires for everybody. So Garrett was there, which is great. Of course, he's busy with the Florida Winter Tour, spent all the time in the you know last fall getting the Rock the Rio put together. Uh, but one of the big things, David, we're talking tires, we're talking rain tires. We go to Slicks. I think one of the stories, of course, was the fact that this was the West Coast debut for the new Levanto tire. It was, and it was uh, received with uh, strong recommendations, strong uh, positive remarks regarding the tire and its performance. Um, you know, I, that's that was, you know, as we talked with Andy Saisman uh, during one of our face-to-face programs that we did, uh, you know, the tire was always an issue with, uh, with the Rock Cup USA program and his challenge in America stuff. And so now the move to this new tire seems to be, you know, kind of a win-win where they solve that problem. And now they have a, a, a real solid product to be able to, uh, to compete on. So again, teams are still, you know, had plenty of time, I think over a month to, uh, to test with the tire. A lot of teams went to Phoenix or a lot of teams were just at their home track testing with the, with the tire. So got to know it really well. Um, it, and the other odd and different thing was that all ca- all categories were on the same compound, so we didn't have one compound for the uh, for the slower categories and one compound for the quicker categories. It was everybody on the same rubber. So that's one thing I think that uh, is different and unique about the program now. But uh, and something we'll kind of follow now. Obviously, as we talked about, the weather wasn't exactly warm I mean, or hot. I should say yeah. it was, it was yeah. comfortable. You know, good weather. Uh, so we'll see what uh, you know what happens as as the temperatures get warmer and and the tracks get stickier, and and we'll see what happens uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the way the compound works with the different race tracks that we go to. And I think that's a really good point, David, because as you said, the, a lot of the weather we were high fifties, you know, mid fifties at the start of the day. I don't think we ever got over seventy. I think on the weekend, no, maybe and, it, and it was it was colder on Sunday even, so it yeah, worked it yeah. worked well in the cold, in the colder so, colder weather, and 
And obviously that transition from a wet track to dry track, I think it worked really well as well. It worked well too. Um, you know, it, there wasn't that, it didn't take a long time for the track to come back in is what I'm, what I'm trying. No, again, just the, the, the feel for the tire, right? Because we know, we know that Phoenix is pretty rough on tires, but guys were showing some pretty good lap times throughout the, the entire run. You're only getting 40 something laps in on a race day. And we had talked to a couple of drivers saying that the lap you could put like, you know, 80 laps in the tire and you're going to get pretty much the same lap time, the whole, the whole deal in qualifying. It seemed like lap three, four, five was kind of that window, but again, a little bit cooler, uh, in qualifying earlier in the day. Yeah. I think, I think for the quicker categories, it was, I think, uh, for, for say the hundred CC categories, even mini and micro, I think the, you know, you could go a little bit longer and try and get a magic lap, uh, depending on, on track, track, uh, spacing and, 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 uh, and track conditions as well too. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think it's a positive, uh, in the right direction for, for the, uh, with a Levanto tire. Let's have a look at the breakdown. One of the keys, I think, is something that's happened, obviously, is the 100cc senior category, junior and, and master categories, where it's uh, since kind of the launch of this, uh, the Challenge of the Americas and at one point the Florida Winter Tour and the Rock the Rio, uh, they had opened up to both the, you know, the Rock VLR 100cc and the IAMI KA100, David. And I know Rock and the Florida Winter Tour have now limited it to just the VLR. Whereas uh, the Challenge of the America is electing to stay open to both categories. And I think the key was, and you mentioned this before, um, KA100 uh, was, I think, every senior driver was on the KA. Um, but all the juniors were on the VLR, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, one driver, I think, jumped on the VLR, but went back to IME and senior. Um, maybe possibly due to like maybe an engine issue or something like that. So forced an engine switch or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, as, as you stated, everybody was on the K 100 in the senior category, but all the juniors are on the VLR engine. And that's something we saw, uh, even at the rock, the Rio where the, the junior category is kind of swayed towards the, the VLR engine where majority of the senior drivers were on the, uh, on the IME engine. So that's, that's still something that we'll, we'll have to, uh, you know, kind of keep an eye on as we move forward on this year, I think it's going to stay that way uh, for the most part. I think it's masters category masters, 100 CC that we'll kind of see guys pick and choose this, this weekend, six drivers on the K and two on the VLR. And it seemed to be, you know, depending on who the driver was, you know, both engines are, are very similar in that category. So uh, again, as you said, Florida winter tours, all VLR. So it's something we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on, you know, maybe that might be a possibility for the challenge to do um, next year is moving towards that, that same direction. But uh, again, you know, it's, it, Andy Saisman's a pretty good guy when it comes to talking with the customers and yeah. seeing what they want. So maybe it's, maybe it's VLR only for junior and master or, or just junior next year. Something we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on as, as we, as a series moves along and, and we get into uh, the summer months when, when they start planning for 2022. Yeah, indeed. I think the Masters was interesting. Obviously, we had Mike Smith, Tim Meyer, and Brian Phillipson were kind of the front three guys all weekend. And uh, Phillipson was on the VLR, and he yeah. was right there with those guys the whole time. So when it yeah. comes to the Masters category, I, and, and we'll talk more about that, obviously, see that happen. Last but not least here, the Paddock Pass, again, brought to you by Cart Republic. Uh, David, it was, it was, for me, it was cool to see the guys from Italian Motors coming back down again. You know, the guys from the Catalyst Driver Development were there last year. Uh, 
the Italian Motors and Catalyst Group is back, and Michael Valiente back in the seat as well, which I thought was re- for me. What I thought was really cool. Well, just to see him back in the seat was cool, but to see him yeah. racing Masters—that's just that's see, a that, weird that's a weird that part about it. You know, it's uh, it's weird to see him as a Masters driver. Obviously, now he's a, he's a dad, so you know he is getting up there in age. You know, the gray hairs get kind of showing a little bit more, but. Uh, but uh, it's just, yeah, it's just weird. I mean, you think about it, you know, he's 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 one of the uh, the top shifter cart drivers that uh, North America has ever produced. So, uh, uh, and it's just weird to see him racing Masters. But, you know, it's something we're seeing. You know, Jordan Musters is now in like his fifth year in Masters. Ryan Kinnear is another driver in his fifth year in Masters. These guys used to race, you know, against Valiante back in the early 2000s. So, uh uh, I would love that. That's a matchup I think I would love to see is 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 a uh, Valiante versus Musser versus Kinnear. Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll see something. See that down the line. Well, listen. I'm, I literally, as you're talking, I pulled out my second ever edition of uh, Shifter Card Illustrated magazine, and uh, the number one driver is Darren Elliott. Number two is Michael Valiante. Uh, num- number five, Alan Rudolph. Number seven, Joe Janowski. Uh, number ten, Curtis Cooksey. Well, all yeah, I don't think we'll, get all these guys there. I don't know if we'll ever see Rudolph back in a shifter. You know, he he loved that DD two Masters program. I think I think he'd be more of a of a single speed Masters kind of guy. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, it, you know, Elliot was uh, you know early mid mid two thousands moved to the Masters category. I remember him winning the uh, the Super Nationals a couple couple years in a row there. So. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just strange to see, you know, that that change. Now, obviously, you know, we're seeing some of these younger kids like we've seen, you know, like the Oliver Askews and Kyle Kirkwoods move up into the cars. You know, that's that's something that's not new, but it's just seeing these the guys we used to see at the front in the in the headline divisions now racing masters. OK, I'm just going to throw this out here to cap off this section because I've got this out here. So this is the top 50 from 1998 and in 1998. Here, here's the masters race I want to see. You ready? Uh, <laughs> El, Darren Elliott, obviously, uh, Michael Valiante, Jason LaPointe's back behind the wheel of his track magic. He's been racing again, so let's get mm-hmm. him out there. Mm-hmm. Alan Rudolph, Joe Janowski, Curtis Cooksey, he was the 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's grab Phil Giebler at mm-hmm. 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Dyer, 19. Bonner Moulton was 20th. Trevor McAllister, 21. These are guys that are still in the sport, right? Which I think is amazing, right? Uh, Kimball Williams was number 22. <laughs> I don't Kimball think- Williams. Now the Kimball's coming back. Out. He no. was he was in Phoenix. He was wrenching. Uh, he was. I saw him. I saw him. Uh, Jonathan Bomarito, of course, professional driver for Mazda. He was number twenty-seven. Let's get him back out. David Odenthal from Odenthal Manufacturing. Let's get him back out. Uh, what else? Mike? Let me go. Let me go back down here. Riley yeah. Will from BRC. Uh, Scott Speed back as a sixteen-year-old in the forty-second position. Let's get it. Ethan Wilson, you know, Supernats race winner in forty-third. What else have I got? That's it. Well, I, I oh, think and Mike, Mike Mantel. We're going to get Mike Mantel back yeah. out again. I, I think guys like Janowski, Odenthal, and Wilson will have to be in like the Super Masters. <laughs> super Masters. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that, I just thought that was fun pulling that out. All right, folks, let's cap off this edition. Another quick commercial break. When we get back. It's time to go class by class. Uh, we'll start with Senior 100cc, Junior 100cc, and Masters 100cc. All air cooled when we get back after this break. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. 
Trackside support and arrive and drive programs are available in 2021 for the USPKS and the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and Super Nationals with full product sales and service and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Carding Group is a full service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. Trinity Carding Group is also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Carding Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Carding Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. The 2021 Challenge of the America Series is off and running, and we've put 2020 behind us. We put our first race in the books at Phoenix in January, and now we're focusing on the next two events. It's time for you to join the fastest growing Rock Cup program in the U.S., the Challenge of the Americas. It's our 14th season, and 2021 is shaping up to be the biggest yet. We welcomed over 130 entries at our opening round, and we fully expect to set a new attendance record when we get to Cal Speed Karting on the February 26th to 28th weekend. Don't miss out on what may be the biggest race in California in 2021. Our classes include Micro, Mini, Junior, Senior, and Masters Rock. Our multi-manufacturer 100cc Junior, Senior, and Masters level, and our well-supported Rock Shifter and Rock Shifter Masters program. While other West Coast programs are shrinking, the Challenge of the Americas and Rock Cup USA are growing. Don't miss out on the fun, atmosphere, and hardcore racing of the Challenge. Prizes include tickets to the Rock Cup Super Final in Italy and the Rock the Rio event in Las Vegas. Our Cal Speed Round is coming soon, so head to our website at challengecarding.com, pull out that calendar, and lock in the dates, and we'll see you in Fontana. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 73 of the EKN Debrief, brought to you by OTK USA. It's myself, Rob Howden, and David Cole break down the opening rounds of the Challenge of the Americas from Phoenix on the January 22-23-24 weekend. Time to jump into the race report now. This one brought to you by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. All right, David, we'll jump into 100cc senior, the uh, uh, the 31 cart class. And the headline, Nash and Letch split victories in the largest class of the weekend. Uh, definitely, I got to say, a career breakout uh, weekend for Liam Letch. Qualifies on pole on Saturday, 
wins the pre-final as well. Didn't win the main event, but Lex was very impressive out of the gate. I kind of think of breakout weekend for kind of both of them. I know we've kind of followed Nash a little bit regionally, but I think this is his first, you know, kind of big, big, uh, big stage victory uh, when it comes to uh, an event like Challenging Americas. But uh, yeah, these two drivers kind of kind of drove away from the rest of the field on Saturday. Uh, Lech led the opening seven laps until Nash took over. Um, the two ran nose to tail the entire rest of the way. Lech made a move at the hairpin, uh, took the took the lead on the final circuit, but uh, left just enough of an opening for Nash to kind of slip through in that uh, the famous Daytona corner, uh, turn ten at at PKRA. That allowed Nash to uh, to reach the checkered flag and score that uh, elusive victory at Challenge in Americas. Yeah, I think he probably left about 56 inches. <laughs> because, because Nash just like, I didn't think it was going to happen. He got down to the bottom of the racetrack there and was able to get the spot. And then Cart drifted up a little bit enough to get to be really to be able to hold Liam back over in the off camber turn 11. It was a, it was a tremendous run. Uh, Jensen Oltzman ends up finishing third and cool for Jensen. He goes straight from Phoenix to Daytona to run in the MX five cup. Which yeah, is I'm watching, we're watching him. I'm watching him right now. Uh, you're, yeah. You're watching. Yeah, the race is, the second uh, in the top right 20 now. right now. Let me see. Yeah. 18th right now. Good for him. Uh, uh, Kiriako Sukas on the EOS ended up uh, in the four spot and Haley Schroeder rounding up the top five. I feel, I'm feeling good about getting the Sukas name, right? David. Su- yeah. We, you got to forget the eye forget the eye. Kiriako Sukas. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Kiriako, no S at the end, even though it's on there, it's Kiriako. Uh, but yeah, he did. A, he was actually really strong all weekend long. Uh, and Haley Schroeder on the Tony Kart, rounding out the top five. Uh, David moving into Sunday, and it was weird because Nash, is, of course, was so impressive on Saturday. And I, I didn't get a chance to talk to anybody at the Nash camp to find out what really happened to Blake because he qualified really poorly, had an issue in the pre-final, and then of course uh, got wrecked uh, in the main event as he was coming back through. Sunday, David was all Liam Letch. Yeah, as I'll we'll cover Nash real quick, as you as you yeah. said, was making his way up through the field in the main event. Uh, I think got in himself into the top ten, yeah. getting close to the top five when uh, another driver got a little uh, aggressive with him uh, after after Nash passed him, and uh, the two uh, drove off into uh, into the dirt, essentially taking each other out of the race. So uh, so that kind of hurt uh, Nash's uh, comeback and. And obviously, going to hurt him in the points where he's going to have to use round two as a drop as the, as the series move forward. But uh, uh, as you said, Lech was just kind of perfect both in the in the dry and in the wet because this this was a uh, a wet weather race. Uh, you know, Lech just kind of had had uh, the speed overall after uh, Jensen Oltzman actually took the lead at the start. So Oltzman led the first five laps before Lech kind of took the spot over. And then essentially just put in really consistent laps in, in the wet weather to uh, to drive away to a 3.8 second advantage. Yeah, Lech P1, Ultzman second, and Mason Turnin on the Tony Kart rounding up the top three. Michael Mischoff on Xpree was fourth, and Dylan Wilkins, another Xpree driver, uh, in that uh, in that fifth spot. Moving now to the junior 100cc category again, we talked about the fact good numbers, uh, triple the numbers from last year, more than triple, four last year, 13 this year, and they they uh, headline for 100cc junior, Cameron and Benjamin pick up career firsts in junior 100cc. Uh, David out of the gate, Steven Isert on an expre qualified on pole, but the red speed driver Christian Cameron came back in the pre-final. Uh, there, was a, there was a lot, like a good group of what, three, four, five drivers kind of in the lead <laughs> pack throughout the weekend. 
Yeah, essentially it was three drivers that was out front all weekend long. You know, we had a couple drivers that were trailing uh, the lead pack uh, throughout the weekend. Essentially it was Isert, Cameron, and uh, Laney Benjamin, who actually won the pre-final, but uh, had two wheels outside the line. So Agreed. that dropped her to uh, to third and gave the win to Cameron. But again, Isert, Cameron, and Benjamin kind of drove away from the rest of the field um, and exchanged the lead multiple times. But uh, in the end, Cameron... Uh, was pretty strong at the end and was able to hold on to uh, to score his first victory at the Challenge Americas. Yeah, Stephen Eisert finishing in the second spot and Lainey Benjamin, she on her Tony cart coming home third. Corbin Ruschenberg on a Tony cart and Cooper Eau Claire on the comp cart rounding out the top five. Uh, just like Saturday on Sunday, uh, Eisert coming out of the gate, winning the uh, qualifying poll. Uh, Eisert then again, David, backed it up with uh, a win in the pre-final as well. And as you said, uh, that three-driver breakaway once again. Uh, Lady Benjamin, though, on Sunday, uh, not taking any crap from the boys. She, she rose to the occasion. She certainly had the great rain setup. This race was uh, on a wet track, so uh, these drivers got to uh, experience it uh, for the first time because I, if I believe uh, qualifying was on dry tires for this category. So uh, so this was the first time that the, the competitors took to the racetrack on uh, on wet tires. But uh, uh, Icert essentially led the first half of the, of the race, but uh, Laney came on strong in the second half. Seemed like uh, the cart setup was great for the long run. Uh, took the lead and just essentially drove away uh, to score her first victory at the Challenge of the Americas. Yeah, impressive run for sure. Uh, let's cap off this uh, air-cooled section here with Masters 100cc. And as David had said, there was a mixture of, uh, what, six drivers on the uh, KA, a couple drivers on the VLR. Uh, in the end, it was three drivers battling it out really for the top spots. But the headline, Meyer returns as top contender for title with main event sweep. Uh, out of the gates, our good friend from CalSpeed, Mike Smith, on the EOS, qualifying on the pole position. And then it was actually the VLR driver, Brian Phillips, and on the red speed, David, getting the, the pre-final win. Uh, uh, trouble for Smith in the pre-final uh, with a broken bumper. And I think he, I don't, can't remember if he made whatever move it was, but but uh, ended up somebody getting in the back of him and broke that bumper. Man, that I think that probably changed things for him going into the main. Yeah, I think it happened right at the start, you know, kind of doing like the, the crossover move, uh, getting in front of somebody and and you get that uh, that the nose cone and rear bumper kind of mix and match and uh, it kind of just ripped the bolt right out of the uh, out of the chassis. So uh, had a dragging uh, rear bumper, uh, but that that allowed uh, Tim Mayer to uh, to jump out to uh, the pre-final lead and the win until. Uh, jump start penalty dropped him down and gave Phillips in the victory. So that's why uh, Phillips ended up starting the main event on the front row and on the pole position. But uh, once the green flag waved, uh, Mayer jumped out to the lead on the opening circuit. Uh, now, hold on, hold on. Oh, Meyer. Sorry. Meyer. Meyer, sorry. Trust me, dude. Yeah. The whole time I was announcing it because there's Sam Mayer. Okay. There's, we've had so it, many different mayors and Meyer. It is, right? yeah. I know. Ben Mayer, Sam Mayer, Tim Meyer. So like Meyer. the store. Meyer. Meyer, like Myers. Yeah. There you go. Meyer. No, there's no S. There's no S. I know. I'm just, that's but what the store is called. Oh, no, the store is called Meyer. That's right. Meyer. Yeah, right. yeah, come on. It's, that's where I go every it's week. It's the Michigan grocery store, right? That's right. Um, right. So get back at it. Yeah. So Meyer jumped out to the lead on an opening circuit. Uh, obviously, Smith having to come from the back of the field for his DNF in the pre final uh, was actually one of the quickest carts on the track, was able to, be able to run him down, got to him. Led for one lap, but just could not 
could not keep M- Meyer, Meyer <laughs> behind him. Meyer. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Because I want to say it how you spell it. No, but that's not how you spell it. M-E-I. I know, but I know, but it just throws me off because the store is spelled M E I J E R. We know what do. Well, that's how we'll spell it on the script from now on. It's <laughs> a good idea. I'm going to do that. Dude, phonetically, you got to do it right. That right. works. That's funny. Yeah, it um, just but Smith just struggled in 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 one spot and struggled all weekend long in that one spot and kept trying to make a move right. at that one spot right. and couldn't get it done. He just couldn't get it done. Yeah, the guy there's there's absolutely zero forward bite and power coming out of turn number eight on the back straightaway. And uh, and let's let's be real, Tim's a veteran driver, and uh, you have to be perfect everywhere if you're going to beat him, right? He's one of those top top masters drivers in the country. So uh, ends up getting the victory. As you said, Smith comes home in second and Brian Phillips and rounding out the podium in third. Dana Estes was just kind of right there all weekend long P4 and Steve Dunn on the comp cart rounding out the top five. Uh, Sunday, Smith comes back with another, uh, another pole position. Meyer though, Dave stepping up in the free final and actually led the main event wire to wire. Yeah, certainly put uh, the rest of the field, uh, behind them, they kept it close. Phillipson and Smith were right there, kind of kept close a little bit, uh, but just were not able to make any kind of moves like they were able to do on Saturday. So uh, Meyer was able to go wire to wire, as you said. Uh, Phillipson was really strong, though, on Sunday and took it to Smith, who obviously had the speed on Saturday, just didn't quite have it uh, as he did on Sunday. So uh, so Phillipson was able to uh, to sneak past for the uh, runner up position on the podium. And that's that VLRK battle, right? Between those two drivers. Yeah, but again, we don't know if it's because Smith can't get out of turn eight. <laughs> At all. <laughs> wow. Man. He, need, he Cal, needs to go to Cal, Cal Speed, Speed driving school. <laughs> Dave, Cal Speed. Phoenix slow. There it is, yeah. No, I, we can't thrash uh, on Mike, man. For a guy that ha- hadn't uh, driven Phoenix before, looked very, very, very comfortable. He did a great job. All right, so that wraps things up for our first three classes here in the race report. Brought to you by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. When we come back. We'll go from the uh, we'll go from the air cooled to guys who are banging gears. Uh, Shifter Rock, Shifter Masters Rock, and Senior Rock up next. In Colorado, the place to go for carts and parts and everything else you need to go racing is Forward Direction Motorsports. It's Colorado's premier karting company. Owned and operated by veteran carter Greg Welch, Forward Direction Motorsports is located in Centennial, Colorado. FDM has been developed to provide customer service and product sales at all levels and in both in-person and online. We're a brick and mortar shop that serves as the hub for karting in Colorado. And we're a gateway to new racers who can come in and learn about the sport. We also have an online store and can ship all over the country. We can also service all makes and models of engines and carts. Whatever you race, we can take care of you. Forward Direction Motorsports is a comp cart dealer, an authorized Rotax service center, and we can fully support all Briggs 206 racers. We support local karting 100%, and we also have a race team that takes our customers to major regional and national events on the West Coast. From cart prep and coaching to full arrive and drive packages, we offer something for everyone. You don't have to live in Colorado to experience Full Direction Motorsports' vast experience or dedication to customer service. 
Our online store continues to expand its inventory and the products you need are just a mouse click away. Head to fdmcarting.com the next time you need parts and equipment fast. We ship daily. Shop online or come to the store to check out our inventory and visit our service department. Head to fdmcarting.com to learn more about our products and services or call us direct at 720-323-3650. History. Success. Family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Cart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one -on -one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode number 73 of the EKN Debrief as we break down the opening rounds of the Challenge of the Americas from Phoenix. Let's jump now into the shifter rock category. And here's your headline. Return of Rashidi equates to double victory. Uh, listen, the bottom line was there was a lot of really, really fast drivers in the shifter cart category here this weekend. You know, we had some big guys because some locals that know the track. We got Kyle Wick. Uh, who is former national number one with Supercarts USA. You know, we got Cole Bailey. We got Micah Hendricks, Jack Crawford, uh, who almost won the Supernats a couple years ago, or, you know, 19 in the X30 senior class, second last year in the German ADAC F4 series, going to run FIA F3. This kid's a shoe on his way potentially to F1, doing some shifter cart racing. But this thing was all about Raymo or City. He really, he dominated the entire weekend. He did. Uh, it was a, it was a good comeback for him. Uh, we've seen him do some one-offs here and there over the last couple of years, but uh, he was all in uh, this weekend back with a towel cart, obviously and the catalyst driving, uh, driving driver what, development, driver development. Sorry. Uh, but uh, I mean, just, and that, and that's the one thing about the Phoenix racetrack, you get all these fast guys on the racetrack and it's very, while it may look easy to pass, and the shifter carts, it seems like it's just impossible to get by somebody when you got when you're when you're a hundredths of a second off of each other on lap time. So uh uh Remo was able to put down quick lap and qualifying uh to start off Saturday, was able to score the pre-final victory with uh with Kyle Wick on on his rear bumper the entire time. Kind of a, a repeat of that in the main event uh with Riskitty getting off the line quick. Uh, getting the whole shot and again wick on his bumper the entire distance yeah. just not able to get by so uh, allowing remo to score the wire-to-wire -wire victory 
Yeah, Remo did a fantastic job to get that race win. The, the, the tremendous fight for third, I think, all day long as well. You throw guys like Cole Bailey in there, uh, Mike Hendricks, as I said, Jack Crawford. They were going back and forth. Crawford had some trouble getting off the line uh, both days, I think, and most of the starts kind of fell back a little bit, and that kind of put him in the middle of a fight. Uh, but, David, one of the things that you mentioned this, actually, uh, uh as we were wrapping up the actual race call at the end, before we jumped to commercial that we had five different brands in the top five, which was great. Obviously the ITAL cart for city Kyle Wicka had made the move over to the Gary Carlton program. So he was second in the GFC. Cole Bailey has moved from the GFC to J3 competition. He was on the comp cart, Micah Hendricks, the local driver on the Illuminos and uh, Jack Crawford under the Nash motorsports tent on the Burrell art. And, you know, in, in a lot of racing, what we see, especially some of the junior categories, a lot of OTK products. Cool to see five different chassis uh, here in you know in the top five and shifter. Yeah, I think you know as we've seen over probably the last decade, I think the shifter category is where really where you see the diversity of of the sport. You know the 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 uh, the introduction of the GFC has added another brand. You know they you know Gary Carlton, obviously one of the top shifter cart drivers in North America history. Uh, putting his knowledge and experience into a ch- his, his own chassis, and it's showing well over the last, you know, now into its third full season, uh, showing really well in the shifter cart categories. Uh, Bailey was under that tent, moved over to comp cart for uh, for 2021, and again is showing that, you know, again a brand that's only you know what six years old now, I think six seven years old. How uh, how well that brand is doing? Obviously, a towel cart's always been good uh, for the last what two, three, now going in probably what it's third decade as well. Uh, and then again, you talk aluminos, you know, with, with Rob Soares and his experience working with the GP factory, you know, super Nats with victories, uh, super, excuse me, pro tour victories. And of course, you know, you throw in the Burrell art brand, you know, that's just, you know, history Legendary. of yeah. karting. So, uh, yeah, it's really, you know, it, it's where we get to see more of the diversity of the sport. Well, I'll give a shout out again to Gary Carlton too. Of course, I you know I think a lot of us follow them on social media, and, and Gary does a great job on on Instagram and, and the other and the other platforms. And, and you you think about the development of GFC, and you look at the stuff he just posted. I think this from middle of this week, where they took another uh, you know another delivery of I don't know how many pallets of chassis, right? So. Uh, the GFC invasion is, ha- is happening all over the country for sure. They got some great dealers uh, around the country as well. So yeah, the GFC program with Gary, I just I love the eponymous name to it. I think it's amazing, and that's a that's a great program for sure. But again, on this weekend, Rainbow City, they had things dialed in really well, and it is a tough place to pass, as you said. Uh, things a little bit easier for them on Sunday. Be- qual- qualifies on pole again. Wins the pre-final, but the pre-final victory coming without any challenge from Kyle Wick right at the end of that one. Well, challenge for the majority of it, but near the end of that race, a broken shifter for Kyle Wick. That changes everything, David, right? Puts him back to 15th at the start for the Sunday main event, and that really kind of shuffled things up. Yeah, that 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 kind of gave him a little bit of an opening to, uh, to be uh, – um more relaxed, but, uh, really he still put down some, some killer lap times and, and was, uh, you know, again, once the, uh, once the kind of the green flag dropped, he kind of was able to get away because really behind him, it was just a, it was kind of an epic fight, uh, for position. Even in the pre-final, we saw, uh, Cole Bailey, um, spin off. We, the, the pre-final had a number of, uh, attrition 
and uh, and incidents uh, that kind of shuffled up the field behind him. So so uh, Ruschetti was able to take care of uh, business in the main event, <clears throat> and especially on the final circuit because. Well, hold on, uh, let's let's okay. let's let's jump to the start first because I, I want right. to mention this right. because you have it in here and I want to mention it. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Mike, Micah Hendricks, uh, who obviously a local driver at Phoenix, tons of laps on that facility, got aggressive at the start, right? He didn't want Raymo to get away, so he tried to make a move in turn 11, which is the second turn when you're starting on the back straightaway. It's 10, 11, 12, and then you get to the front. So it's that it's Daytona, and then the off-camber 11, then back to the, the right-hander onto the little short shoot uh, across the start-finish line. Well, I, you know, I was actually messaging with Hendricks afterwards. Contact the start essentially put him on the sidelines on the opening lap, broken wheel. I think he's like, like ripped a piece off the wheel. He was trying to get in front of Ramo. He had a good start, which you see if he could find his way by and the contact put him out and that kind of shuffled things up a little bit. Remember it stacked everybody up in 11 and Ramo was able to get out of that corner cleanly. And I'll, I'll just throw that out there real quick. I know we'll talk about the rain in the last lap and everything that happened, but that was kind of the breakdown with, with Hendricks. I, I really thought he was going to make a run for the podium was really good on Saturday. But, you know, got to give, give him props. He went for it on Sunday and it just didn't quite work out for him. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot we had where we got to start at the beginning, of course. Uh, yeah, because that happened, as you said, going into the hairpin turn 11, uh, you know, made the contact and then uh, and then retired from the race. That allowed Alan Scaiuto yeah. <laughs> to uh, to move up. Another driver we could see racing in Masters, as we, as we kind of yeah. talked about. Uh, yep. A little bit earlier, but uh, yeah, so he was able to jump up into second, uh, and but really what that allowed was uh, Remo to kind of get away from the entire field, and uh, so that's what uh, that's kind of how the race played out essentially for the first you know fifteen laps until uh, uh, Kyle Wick started making his way up through the field and charging towards uh, the top five and even podium. Yeah, um, Mon- David, mon- monster run, and I, and I told Kyle this at the end of the day. You know, we we've watched Kyle over the last number of years develop, uh, you know, develop his skills. Uh, won the Scusa Championship that that year, but didn't win a race. And winning the championship was just super consistent. Man, I I don't know that I've seen him ever be uh, that assertive and aggressive coming through the field. Like he li- every time he got to somebody, he didn't wait a lot, didn't wait a corner. You know, it's not like he got there and like, I'll set this up. He was thinking about it, you know, three, four corners earlier. Like I'm, I'm getting to this guy here and the passes he made on the, in the inner loop five and six and turn number eight deep moves down to the inside to turn, you know, Daytona turn number 10. I, I just watching him come from deep in the field as he did to be able to get back to P2, I thought was just magnificent. Yeah, it was a great drive. So was able to get uh, up by uh Skyuto by uh, lap 16, uh, <laughs> Chudo, sorry. I'll say it right. Uh, oh, Altsman Rex. I Udo, so I spell it correctly. Altsman Rex. So, uh, a little update on the MX-5 Cup. He wrecked uh, with five minutes to go. Oh, but, no. The car. Yep. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so so it looked like it was going to be a GFC 2-3 uh, with Chudo uh, sitting there in third, but a group right behind him kind of challenging him for the position. And then the final circuit... The clouds decided to open up and uh, we saw the rain coming over the mountains that are just south of the racetrack because the rain was actually coming from the south. And you could see it lined up on the mountain, falling down, slowly inching its way towards the racetrack, towards the racetrack. And and it finally came on the final circuit. So we saw all the drivers 
diving around looking for grip as much as they could uh, through that final circuit. So luckily, you know, Remo was able to get through clean as well with Wick. Wick was really trying to push it a little bit harder than Remo was, but uh, still came up just short, you know, only only two seconds behind Remo at the line. But it looked a lot closer really than what the time says. But, uh, you know, as they, as the rest of the field came through Daytona, uh, Shudo went kind of just out into the marbles and really wasn't able to find grip. I almost think he kind of dropped a wheel on the on the outside of the corner. Well, and, he, had uh, full lock, he had full lock on the wheel. Too, oh, yeah. To turn. It wasn't turning. It wasn't turning. <laughs> and so uh, so you had a number of drivers kind of slide underneath him. Uh, Enzo Prevost actually ended up uh, on the CRG sliding through for the third position. Uh, Jacob Gulick and his GFC debut in fourth. And then uh, Bailey able to uh, slip by for fifth with another with another drive from the back. So you add Wick and Bailey uh, from the back to the top five in that run. So that ended up pushing uh, Shooto back to the uh, sixth spot. Yeah, one of the best races of the of the weekend, I think, because you had the guys to to watch. You had Cole Bailey coming from the back. You had you had Kyle Wick. As I said a magnificent drive up forward. Then you have the rain that hits on the you know the final lap. Guys are full lock trying to trying to somehow find grip. It was just such a wild finish. And as you said, Shudo getting a little high in Daytona. Everybody else diving underneath. It was uh, it was a crazy finish for sure. And I think we were all kind of caught off guard. And then of course that changed everything, David, because there was enough rain. Although it didn't last long, the categories that followed had that wet racetrack, uh, which uh, which uh, made things, uh, again, interesting throughout the remainder of the day. Uh, let's move to the Shifter Masters Rock category. The headline, Back to the Roots, Valiente and Quiella Triumph. And you're, and you're right, a couple guys that we have seen uh, win races and be up front over, what, the maybe the late 90s and 2000s and both uh, Michael and Cliff. Uh, good to see Cliff Quiella back as well. Of course, the local, local guy with the team uh, at Phoenix for many, many years, uh, pure karting. Uh, but out of the gate, still, David, it was the defending champion for Ron White Racing, Kevin Woods, and the CRG qualifying on the pole. Won the pre-final as well. Out of the gate, Woods still really was the dominant driver to begin the weekend. Yeah, he was. Um, <clears throat> as a defending champion, obviously, you're going to have that that kind of that target on your back. But uh, Woods responded really well with, uh, with a pretty strong field behind him. Uh, coming out, uh, as you said, quickest in qualifying and really kind of showed the way in the prefinal. So it looked like we might have a, a sweep on our hands, but uh, main event uh, happened. Woods wasn't quite able to get off the line that well. Uh, Valiante was able to grab the whole shot, which kind of put him out front. And then it was kind of a three-driver fight uh, the entire distance. Uh, it looked like Valiante kind of had everything under control, but uh, Coella came on late, uh, took the lead for a couple laps, but then a dropped wheel, a small little mistake, <clears throat> allowed Valiante to kind of slip back by uh, as they exited Daytona. Um, and that essentially was the race right there. Indeed, it just looked like, like Cliff went a little too deep into Daytona. kind of caught me off guard a bit. But uh, nonetheless, a, a big win for Michael Valiante as that ITAL cart uh, went back-to-back, won both uh, of the shifter cart categories on Saturday. Quiela on the Tony cart, as you said, in second, and Woods on the CRG in third. Nick Firestone and Nick Brinkman, a couple of GFCs into the top five as well. Firestone coming from deep in the field, I believe, after issues in the pre-final, I think. He was able to get himself back up to fourth. And Brinkman, who was kind of in that fight uh, outside the top three and four all weekend, uh, finishing in the uh, the fifth spot. On Sunday, Valiente qualifying on pole, David, winning the pre-final as well. But uh, we would not see him, though, for the main event. Michael uh, 
I was complaining of some ribbon, some rib pain. Obviously, the, one of the things about Phoenix is you got to hit it. You got to attack the track pretty aggressively, hitting those curbs. And Michael has not been in the seat for about five years. So uh, I think it kind of got to him at the end. We had the rain as well. He didn't show. Um, and what really shook things up was the fact that at the very start, Kevin Woods falls to the very, very tail of the field. That allows Quick Cliff Coella with that local knowledge to be able to get out front. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Woods just could not get off the line for some reason, especially in that race. Um, it, I don't, I don't know if it was just, you know, the clutch foot pedal type, you know, not working together or what, but, uh, it was kind of shocking because he, he normally had good starts as we saw on the prefinal on Saturday, but, uh, yeah, it just did not come together for him at the start for this race and, uh, fell all the way back to last, uh, as they were, as they made their way around for the opening circuit. So, uh, lucky he was able to keep going and, uh, and actually put on a really good show coming back, uh, and again on, on, uh, wet weather track, uh, coming from, from the tail of the field all the way forward and, uh, nearly got himself back into the top five. Uh, yeah, in the end, Quayle able to pull away. Nick Firestone had a good run up to, up to the second position. Garrett McKelvey, actually, his debut in the Masters category, uh, racing for GFC, the driver out of Temecula, rounding out the top three on the podium. Alan Morte on the CRG finished fourth, and Travis Irving was able to come up in that GFC, had a good run to work his way into the fifth position. Uh, capping off this particular segment of our race report, again, brought to you by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, Senior Rock, and not a huge field, as we said, David, just uh, five drivers in total. Liam Lech uh, essentially able to uh, to sweep the day on Saturday. The, the headline, double dip for Lech, qualified on pole of the EOS, won the pre-final, and then David went wire to wire in the main event. The battle really was for second on Saturday in Senior Rock. It was, uh, you know, Lech just kind of controlled everything on Saturday. Didn't have, uh, never put a wheel wrong and, uh, didn't really have any, uh, any pressure aside from a couple opening laps, but, uh, battle for him was for behind him was for second, uh, a good battle between, uh, three drivers, uh, Andrew Zimmer, uh, Jensen Oldsman and Macy Williams. Zimmer was in the, in the position until, uh, he retired. Uh, that allowed Altsman to uh, to control the uh, position and allowed Macy Williams to complete the podium uh, in third. Yeah, Gabe Tesh and Zimmer, both the Itel car drivers, fourth and fifth. Moving to Sunday, uh, Zimmer showed he had the speed, able to qualify on the pole position, but uh, Liam Letch came back again uh, to win the pre-final as both Letch and Williams opting out of qualifying. David, that was I believe was that that was the wet morning, right? Because it was it was rained overnight. Warm up was wet, and the qualifying for a lot of these categories was either in the wet or in the transition or to the dries. Right, they were this, kind of right in the right in the middle there. Well, like they, yeah. this this one, Letch and Williams actually decided to uh, yeah, to not go run. on track. It was kind of yeah. that in between because we saw the at the Masters, which was the class right before them. That's it. Uh, yeah. The dry tire came on late, so it was. So I think rather than kind of risking it, they kind of decided to. Uh, to kind of hold off and Zimmer was the only uh, senior driver to uh, well, Zimmer and Tesh were, uh, were able to score uh, laps. I think Oltzman uh, might've been on the wet tire. So I'm not sure if he was on dry or right. not, but uh, Zimmer right. was yeah. on the dry tires, was able to, uh, to put in the quick lap at the end of the session and, uh, and score fast time and qualifying. But uh, you know, with small field it allowed Lech to, uh, to start fifth, so uh, was able to kind of work his way forward uh, very quickly in the pre-final. 
And I mentioned this in the race call. We'll see what happens here right now because obviously Zimmer ends up finishing second on the day. Zimmer gets the gets the bonus points for qualifying on pole. If it comes down to a championship battle where Lech ends up losing to Zimmer, we're going to look back at them not going up for qualifying to try to take that top spot because that's the difference, right? Zimmer was able to get the pole position. We'll see if that plays out uh, when we get to the finale at Sonoma. But nonetheless, uh, in, in the main event, uh, Lech led wire to wire. Uh, Zimmer was in the middle of a battle, ends up coming to P2 late in the race. All told, though, Lech again dominating the action. Yeah, it, and five points for the top uh, for top qualifiers. So again, you know that that could come down to it uh, in the end. Again, everything just you know the the middle round that that we'll see at Cal Speed those two those two rounds that'll really dictate uh, whether that session is going to be important or not. <laughs> That's right. All right, folks. After this break in the action, we're going to come back and wrap up the race report. Masters Rock, Junior Rock, Mini and Micro. After this quick break. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shifter car drivers are at the front of the field running the GFC GT14 frame, and the SS31 has become a solid contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 Cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with over 25 years of racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram, or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC in 2021. GFC, live your passion. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to episode 73 of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network or whatever streaming podcast service you're signed up for. Great to have uh, you guys uh, listening in on the broadcast. We do appreciate it. If you haven't downloaded the EKN Radio Network app for your mobile device, please do that. That's the first opportunity to hear all the content we push out podcast-wise. Put it there first, then we turn it into podcast form. So always great for you know that morning commute on the way to work, coming home, whatever it may be, whether you're working in the shop or the cart, getting things dialed in. Uh, we do appreciate it. 
Uh, jumping now into the final segment here, of course, this edition of the debrief brought to you by OTK USA and back to the race report presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Let's go to Masters Rock, a total of 12 drivers in the category on this particular weekend to start the 2021 season. Here's your headline. Defending two-time champ begins path to a third. Well, I like that, David. That's good. Um, yeah, because in the end, uh, this was all Derek Wang all weekend long. Adam Kasich put a lot of pressure on him, but but to be honest, Derek Wang really, uh, other than other than him not then qualifying on Sunday, I don't think Derek put a, a wheel wrong the entire time. Derek on the EOS chassis, uh, stepping over to Keel again, wrenching on the machine as he does. Uh, uh, for Derek and has for many, many years. He qualified on pole Saturday, uh, won the pre-final, and literally just Dave just walked away in the main to a 4.4-second win. Yeah, just uh, a, a stout uh, opening round for Derek uh, to begin that that drive to three, uh, a third championship. Uh, and again, you know, Kasich, right? Kasich, did I say it right? Kasich. Kasich, that's right, Kasich. Uh, Kasich and, and Cleveland were, were quick, just, just did not have the, 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 I guess the long-term pace to, uh, to keep a challenge up for, for Derek Wang. But, uh, you know, again, uh, three strong competitors four when you add in, um, Tim Mayer, uh, Meyer, sorry. Yep. <laughs> I told you, I, I can't, I can't talk. Well, see, if you look in the middle, it's I, I mean, I'll, I'll look at it. I'll look at it. Meyer, 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 Meyer. Look at it. We'll but uh, but again, you know, four point four second advantage for Wang after the uh, after the twenty laps. That's it's a pretty solid solid opening stint for uh, for the defending champ. Yeah, Adam Kasich for Forward Direction Motorsports on the Cosmic was there all weekend long. It was there early, right? Uh, probably on the comp car. Was there all weekend long too? Yes. Like literally was there with him for the first five laps. And then Derek kind of inch away. Uh, on the Saturday main event, Billy Cleveland put on a show coming from deeper in the field, able to work his way up to P3 in the Cosmic. Uh, Tim Meyer on the EOS in fourth. And Pat Beckley was uh, right in the fight throughout the weekend on the GFC. Uh, moving into Sunday, Kasich uh, able to qualify on the pole. Uh, Wang comes back in the pre-final. Uh, changing conditions, David, as you said, during qualifying. Uh, Kasich was on the, on the wets. And I think... <laughs> Wang went out on the dries, and he kept getting quicker and quicker, right, through that qualifying session, as I remember. And I think his last lap was the best. Maybe a couple more laps to get more heat in the tires, and he might have been able to get that pole away yeah, from the It was seven, 79 thousandths that Wang, yeah, Derek, go. came up short uh, <laughs> on the eighth circuit, late eighth and final circuit. Yeah. Now, there you go. Exactly. Uh, Wang then, of course, coming from the outside of the front row, drove on to w- win the pre-final and led all 19 laps in the main event. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, a pretty good uh, statement for for Derek to come out and say, "Hey, look, two time defending champ," which he reminded me of because I forgot to mention that in the preview because uh, I knew he'd won last year. I forgot he won in, in 28, uh, 2019. So uh, so yeah, and then and then we look, and I don't want to jinx him, but you know we haven't had a three time winner at the Challenge in Americas ever in any category. So, uh, not let alone three years in a row. So, uh, yeah. so this will be, uh, this is a kind of a good statement, good way to kind of open things up. Uh, and again, though, but we, you know, you know, uh, you know, Adam's going to be a great, uh, challenger. I, I know throughout the, uh, the next four rounds. 
I agree. Uh, one thing we didn't mention was, uh, I said 19 laps in the main. Mains were scheduled to be, I think, 20, right, David? But instead, with the rain that we had, the challenge crew electing to go to timed races uh, in the main events, the pre-finals and the finals. So there were 14-minute uh, races. Now, once we got to the 14-minute mark, the next time around, they threw the, they threw the white flag. Uh, the I think the mini and micro drivers were able to get their full distance in. The other categories essentially coming maybe one or two laps short. The idea was if the rain was coming, we were staying with the with a time specific schedule to a certain extent because and obviously when it rains, lap times get a lot slower. You get off schedule, and anytime you have a winter series, you got to worry about the lights. So uh, that worked worked out fantastically. We literally finished probably even a little bit earlier than we would have on Sunday. So all in all, a tremendous call there from the guys from the Challenge of the Americas and race control. Well, it did, uh, and, the, and the rain did come, so so it yeah, was a I good know. move because we weren't uh, we were able to stay on schedule for those those uh, those last uh, categories that were in the wet conditions. So uh, everything stayed on time. You know, we got to do the podiums in in the daylight <laughs> without uh, any nighttime uh, podiums and uh, and get get everybody out on time. So it was good. Yeah. Let's move to Junior Rock. The headline, Mossman replaces trip to Portugal with two wins in Phoenix. And David, you can go deeper into that once we get to the end of this one here. Diego LaRock, local driver, uh, qualifying on pole on Saturday in Junior Rock. Mossman came back on the comp cart uh, and won the pre-final. Uh, it took kind of control there and then literally got uh, out of the gate really strongly at the start of the, uh, the the 20-lap main on Saturday, David, and just essentially controlled it and led all 20 laps. Yeah, really had things under control once he got uh, the lead in the pre-final and uh, never put a wheel wrong, made uh, all the right moves, was uh, consistently fast and, uh, and 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 established himself uh, as the winner on Saturday. Give the insight on the headline. Obviously, Mossman, part of the uh, the Rotex uh, Team USA for the grand finals. And of course, that event getting canceled, right? Yeah, obviously that would have been uh, going on right now uh, in Portugal, but due to the uh, the COVID-19 guidelines that were set out uh, just days before uh, drivers and and competitors were about to begin their travels to Portugal. They, uh, Rotax, decided to cancel the event uh, in Portugal. So Mossman was going to be there as a junior max competitor uh, after winning the, uh, the U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals and Charlotte Motor Speedway back in September. So uh, instead of, uh, he had a whole plan. He was going to do Florida Winter Tour, did some car racing, and then was going to go to Portugal. But uh, with the, the event canceling, he uh, switched uh, flights to Phoenix and uh, took part in uh, the opening weekend for the challenge. So it was kind of a, a, good, uh, a good cancellation for him in a way. Well, the interesting thing too is it potentially replacing. Well, would eventually go back probably to the Rotax Grand Finals. However, they lay that out. But now, now on a, on a route to potentially able to go to the Rock Cup uh, Super Final as well with uh, uh, leading the points now in junior in the junior category. Again, as you said, led from start to finish. Uh, LaRock ended up coming home in second. Jesus Vasquez Jr. on the Charles Leclerc chassis coming home in the third spot. He was pretty quick all weekend long as well. Tristan Young, last year's Mini Rock champion, a good debut here in the junior class on the VME, finished fourth. And Deanna Hoffman on the EOS, rounding out the top five. On Sunday, Vasquez was actually the quickest driver in qualifying on the on the, uh, the Charles Leclerc. LaRock, the local shoe, no on the track, uh, moves his way to the lead in the pre-final. Uh, Again, Vasquez P1 in, in the wet qualifying, uh, David, I thought it was fun right. to watch. But in the pre-final, goes off in the opening corner. Drops a wheel, right? Yeah. On the I, exit of that corner. Yeah, Vasquez was actually on the uh, on slick tires, if I recall. It's very similar to uh, 
to uh, to what happened. Um, oh, oh, this was a junior, senior, sorry. Uh, so I think everybody was on the slick tires and, uh, again, just was able to uh, to get the tires up to temperature. And again, by the end of the session was the quickest driver uh, in the junior field. But, again, as you said, pre-final, drove straight off at Daytona and collected yeah. uh, Tristan Young in the process. And so that uh, that kind of took them off the course and out of the race early. Uh, that allowed Mossman to kind of drive away to the win in the pre-final, but a two-position penalty for a jump start uh, dropped him off the win for the pre-final. So those could be points that he might need uh, later down the road. Uh, that gave the win to Rock. But uh, as we said, Mossman just uh, really strong once he uh, once once out front. Uh, on the opening lap of the final and drove away to a, a wire wire victory. I think I may have missed this battle at the, at the end when LaRock had the, had the contact uh, on the, uh, late in the race. I don't remember calling that myself. I might've been looking down and trying to look at some notes or whatever it may be, but uh, in the end contact running for second dropped uh, Diego LaRock down to P five late in the race that uh, moved Vasquez to second and, and Tristan Young rounding out the podium in third Hoffman was fourth and LaRock ended up rounding out the top five. Yeah, it was the uh, the the Mike Smith corner. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, going going. You know, you, 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 yeah, you make those. Uh, you make the run through the S's there, and you set up for the hairpin. And uh, I didn't see it. I heard it happen behind me. I just yeah. saw Larock oh, so off the race track. Yeah. Right. So uh, uh, just contact going into the hairpin that, uh, that Larock went off and officials deemed it as a, a racing incident. So, uh, all right, let's go to my, uh, to mini rock. Now as we can continue to wrap up the race report brought to you by the Allen Rudolph racing Academy in mini rock, the headline Antonino doubles up in series debut, uh, John Antonino, David running with uh, race Liberantes race factory program, qualifying on the qualifying on the pole position, really dominated the action on Saturday qualifies on pole wins the pre-final, and flat drives away to a 9.5-second victory. There really was no doubt at all for John Antonino on Saturday. No, no doubt about it. He was the driver to beat all day long. And as you said, a big margin of victory, essentially, you know, almost half a second a lap there uh, when you when you kind of look at things overall. It was a really great fat battle behind him, though, all day and all weekend uh, for, for podium positions. Uh, kind of uh, second uh, and third generations that uh, ended up scoring the uh, positions with yeah. uh, Truly Adams uh, on the VLR, scoring the second spot, beating out uh, Rocky Moran uh, on the Cart Republic for the uh, for the runner-up spot. Uh, Cypress Andrus, a graduate from the micro micro division, uh, fourth in his debut in the mini rock category, with uh, a two VLRs on the on the top five with Jacob Jacob Longnecker. Uh, scoring the uh, fifth position. Yeah, all in all, some really good racing behind Antonino. Again, he was nine and a half seconds up the road, as we said, but the battle back and back there but for second, third, and fourth, they were just dicing back. It was really, really fun to watch, as Mini Rock always is. On Sunday, again, with the weird qualifying, uh, I can't remember was it if it was wet for their qualifying. David, do you remember? No, it was, it was, wet dr- it was dry. Uh, but again, you know, Mini Rock's not a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. You know, so the, you know, obviously needed the entire session to to kind of help build up the uh, the tire temperatures. But uh, yeah, Gage Corn was able to uh, to secure fast time in the in the session with John Antonino back and forth once the uh, once the session got over. So that kind of was the uh, the deciding factor in the prefinal because I believe something happened to Ant- Antonino. We're not sure, uh, but ended up 
falling out right. on the opening that circuit. Right. Uh, Over on the on the ex, on the exit of the Mike Smith corner. On the exit of Mike Smith corner, and uh, so we're not. I I wasn't able to confirm if it was a, a mechanical issue or if okay. there was due to contact. Well, let's just say this: the race factory guys were fast all weekend. I think on Saturday when when Antonino was on pole, I think Gage was second. They were like they mm-hmm. had the, the lockout of the front row on a couple times. So Corn ends up qualifying on pole in the race factory chassis, wins the pre-final as well as you said. An issue with Antonino dropping him to fifteenth on the grid, but really that just set up for another show for John. And, and to be honest, you and I both love the fact when when guys have to come from the tail of the field because if you qualify on pole win the pre-final and win the main event without driving against anybody, you know, walking away. It's a, it's a big satisfying victory, but you don't learn anything from it, right? I'd rather see guys come from the back and John coming from P15 on the grid. I want to say he might've been like seventh or eighth, I think on the, after the opening lap, kind of dodging his way through seven slower cars, yeah. seventh. There you go. So seventh after the opening lap. And then literally just Dave drove through the field to score the win. It was literally a cart per lap that he moved. Yeah. Uh, one by one, each lap was into the lead by lap eight. And then from there was able to to establish himself as a leader. But a good drive by Gavin Witt, who would yeah. not let him go away. So Witt was able to stay on his bumper the entire distance. Just didn't quite have enough speed to kind of make a challenge for the lead. But oh, overall, a great drive by Witt. I, I agree with you, Gavin, one of the other drivers uh, at Greg Welch's Forward Direction Motorsports team. And man, he was he really stepped things up on Sunday. I was impressed with, with what Gavin was able to do. Truly Adams, uh, another podium finish, so truly most definitely in the fight as well on that VLR. Kyle Drysdale on the Nitro ended up in the fourth spot. And Nick's Eggleston on the comp cart, was, uh, he showed well throughout the entire weekend too. Nick's uh, was good there on Sunday to, to finish in that. It, it was another great race there for for the third position this time yeah saturday was for second and then yeah. uh, sunday yeah. and it ended up being uh the battle for third because we're talking probably like five to seven drivers all and in passes a day passes everywhere oh yeah and you know that's one of the things you know everywhere. throughout the throughout the weekend the mini rock category was really good uh with the racecraft. you know a lot of good moves drivers running side by side through corners Nobody making any any bonehead moves or or trying to overdrive what they could do. So uh, a yeah. really good weekend for the mini rock category. Agreed, and I think that bodes well for the future. All right, let's cap off the race report and talk about micro rock again. Uh, six drivers, uh, double from last year's three, uh, two new winners in micro rock. The headline uh, out of the gate, to be honest, Jackson Porter flat smoking everybody qualifies on pole, really untouchable. David on Saturday qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, and flat walks away uh, in the main event to score a big victory. Yeah, certainly had the the home track advantage and used it to his uh, betterment uh, with, as you said, a demanding uh, victory there on Saturday. Yeah, the, the fight was more for second with Ashton Woon and Braylon Underwood. Woon on the on the Nitro cart, Underwood on the race factory. And then Jerome Rondeau in the GFC and Julian Sanchez. Um, I think is no, I think Sanchez is on the GFC and Rondeau on the Tony cart. Oh, yeah. Yep, want, correct. Want, yep. Yeah, yeah, that is so correct. Put that back around. Yeah, that's what I thought. So Rondeau ends up in fourth, Sanchez fifth. Uh, Porter out of the gate again very strongly, David, on Sunday. Qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final but wasn't able to walk away this time in the main event as Ashton Woon on the nitro cart dialed things in as well. So a couple of nitros up front running what, P1 and P2. Uh, this time, though, Ashton Woon, David, able to come away with the victory. Yeah, the top two were able to get away. Woon was able to keep track of Porter throughout the main event. 
and uh, and took the lead late and held off a, a late race challenge, last lap battle with uh, with Porter to uh, to score his first series victory. And again, all these drivers, all six drivers uh, that were in the micro rock category, were making their series debuts. So that's another yeah. good plus for the series. That's it. All brand new drivers. Exactly. Uh, tough one for Braylon Underwood. Actually finished third. And I hate when this happens, but he got a two spot penalty for two wheels um, out of the start. Right. I, I, and it happens a lot in the micro category when the guys don't stay in their staging lanes. And it just it, just, it breaks my heart when that happens at the, at the end of a race. Right. Well, you know, it's 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 like we talk. What were we talking about? Oh, you, you're you were 27 minutes uh, too late. You know, it's kind of yeah. like. You can't do the two wheels outside the line. You know, it's just, yeah, you got, yeah, you, I know. it's just something, you know, again, you know, microbes are, they're there to learn. And uh, it's just part of the, uh, the learning process that you got to kind of uh, have to uh, endure when you're in the micro division. All right, folks, last break in the, in this edition of the, of the, the debrief. When we get back, we're going to wrap things up. We'll look at the constructors championship and we'll tell you where we're going to be over the next couple of months with the EKN trackside live race calendar. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track, and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT karting helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual-density interior foam lining, and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo. Any competition, one helmet. Experience and passion. That's what led to the launch of AMAX Racing. Owner Charles Maxwell began AMAX Racing in 2015, expanding the operation in 2019 with a focus on driver development for racers of all age groups and backgrounds. From top level drivers to grassroots racers, or families looking for a team that will help them achieve their goals, AMAX Racing can guide you with the absolute best trackside service at affordable prices. No matter the chassis, AMAX Racing welcomes you and has the experience to put you on the top of the podium. You can join the AMAX Racing family in 2021 at the Cup Karts North America, United States Pro Kart Series, and WK Manufacturers Cup Series, along with selected local events at Whiteland Raceway Park and Newcastle Motorsports Park. For more information, contact them at 317-437-5886 or find them on Facebook. AMAX Racing, all of your karting needs under 110. 
Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network. We're going to wrap things up here in our debrief of the opening round of the Challenge of the Americas from Phoenix. Dave, let's wrap this thing up. Near record numbers for the event, just eight short of the Cal Speed total for 2020, but just another leap up for the challenge, right? It keeps that baseline just keeps going higher and higher. More people coming to the events, having a good time, challenge style. And again, as you said, just eight short of what we got last year at Cal Speed. Yeah, and again, like we kind of talked about in the in the outlap, and I just mentioned in the micro division, it's it's the younger categories that we're seeing growth. So that's good with six and micro, and and um, you know what for what I say, fourteen or fifteen, and in the mini, or did we get sixteen? I can't remember. Fifteen. I think we had fifteen. Uh, fifteen. So you're talking twenty one drivers under the age of twelve uh, competing there. So that's good. And then obviously we we've seen. Uh, you know, the shifter category doing really strong with almost 40 drivers overall between the two categories. And then you add in the 100cc divisions. It's just <clears throat> really growing. And, uh, you know, again, you said that the the challenge atmosphere, you know, being there and having a good time and and having a good time on and off the track. So that's, yeah, that's no kind of what it's all about. Couple of things to wrap it up here. First time we've had rain at PKRA in some time, but David, at the end. Bottom line is this, and we always we never talk about it on the weekend, but when it's all said and done on Sunday, uh, no red flags or major incidents at all throughout the weekend. I think you said something at the end on Saturday, but that's okay. Yeah, but that, for that, Saturday. Was, that was for Saturday, so that's good. But uh, yeah, overall, uh, a clean weekend, no no major incidents. We didn't need to use the ambulance that was there, uh, and and. Yeah, rain at, at in Phoenix just does not go together. It's just so weird to see yeah. rain there. But uh, you know, it happened first time I think with Challenge. I don't think we, I don't think we were there when they had the monsoon uh, a long time ago. Back before we started going there with Ecan Live, I think they had to evacuate at one time uh, because of flood flood uh, issues every night. They had that. they had to actually. Uh, evacuate the paddock every night because of uh, possible floods. So that that's interesting. Yeah, it is, yeah. but uh, yeah. So first time it didn't snow. So it snowed there Tuesday. So it didn't snow for us. So that's good. Uh, a quick look through the constructor championship EOS with the most victories. A lot of guys loving the EOS uh, chassis, the new OTK brand. Eight wins on total. Uh, three wins for Ital Cart with Raymo Rossidi and Michael Valiente. A couple of wins for the Comp Cart drivers. Two wins for Nitro Race Factory, of course, with John Antonino with a couple. Two Tony Kart wins and one win for Red Speed as well. All right, let's wrap this edition up with the uh, EK and Trackside Live race calendar. Again, great to have Cooper Tires on board with us again for 2021. This calendar today, though, brought to you by Briggs Racing. Briggs and Stratton is powering Operation Grassroots around the world. No other engine manufacturer is getting new and returning drivers to the kart track like the Briggs 206. The out of the box performance of the Briggs 206 provides the most fun, excitement, and reliability of any karting engine on the global market. Learn more about the 206 engine and the history of Briggs and Stratton's century long commitment to motorsports at www.briggsracing.com. Briggs and Stratton, what powers you? All right, David, we'll cap things off with the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar. Anywhere between 15 and I think 18 events this year, still a number uh, locked, ready to lock in. Uh, a couple of races on tap here for the month of February as we get ready to turn the calendar page very soon. February 12th to the 14th, the second uh, event, the third and fourth rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series at AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. 
And then we'll cap off the month of February 26th to the 28th, heading to Cal Speed Karting for the Challenge of the Americas rounds three and four in Fontana. Dude, another opportunity in Cal Speed for an In-N-Out Burger for you. Man, you know, that that Thursday dinner was probably the best dinner I've had in a long time. <laughs> Even though they got the order wrong, we got the replacement. It was still good. It was so good. That yeah, was good. I just had yeah. a, somebody I know, uh, Adam Lacey from Cup Carts North America, was actually went to Phoenix last night and uh, showed me his In-N-Out burger from there as well. Too. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, Cal Speed will have plenty of, of In-N-Out and Smash Burgers as well, too. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that. All right, folks, that, that wraps things up. Again, a couple of races for coverage for you in, in February, both the Scusa Winter Series and the Challenge of the Americas. But that wraps things up for this edition of the debrief. It was awesome to be in uh, in Phoenix again, back again, 11 months, I think, since the last time we were, of course, in Cal Speed. We didn't run the finale last year because COVID-19 hammering us in mid-March. Uh, we're looking forward to a full season, all three events here in 2021. We do want to thank uh, uh, Andy Saisman and everybody at the Challenge of the Americas for inviting EKN back again this year to be the official media partner. We love being trackside. We love being able to do the the play-by-play and the live EKN broadcast. Big thank you as well to OTK USA, the presenting sponsor of this edition of The Debrief. Otherwise, we are done. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.